So we have spoken about the Degel Machne Ephraim before, and what I love about him is how different he was to the regular Hasidut, like Chabad and all the other Talmidim of the Magid. So you have three or four Talmidim of uh, the Baal Shem Tov directly that weren't also simultaneously influenced by the Magid's uh, Kabbalah, very thick Kabbalistic overtones and terminology. And that would be the uh, told us Yaakov Yosef, who thought he was going to take over the mantle of Hasidut. And then Pinchas of Koretz, Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk, and then his own family, so that his son was a nister, uh, but his daughter, Udal, had three children, all of whom were leaders. One was uh, Baruch of Mezhibush, one was the Degel Machne Ephraim, the grandson of the Baal Shem, and then Fegi, the mother of Reb Nachman. All these received pure Baal Shem Tov Torah. He never left anything written except one letter. So you were able to get pristine Baal Shem, as opposed to the Talmidim of the Magid, you know, all the way from, he had 200 Talmidim, so it went from the oldest, which was the Kedushas Levi, Levi Yitzchok of Berdichev, to the youngest, who was the Alter Rebbe of Chabad. All of them were very influenced by the Magid himself. And I'm, I'm very moved by those first-generation Talmidim of the Baal Shem HaKodesh because we get a real sense of how uh, radical his Torah is. I think that the um, that this Pasha, which we've done before, Kedoshim Tiyu, I wanted to go m- m- move further into the Dago and to look at the notion of Orla, uh, since my grandson, Aliza's boy, is going to get his Pidyon Aben next weekend. So I've been meditating on the relationship between Brit Mila, the removal of the Orla, and the tree, the, the three years uh, of Orla of a tree. And so we're going to look at, at his uh, meditation on the Pasuk in Leviticus 19.23. V'chitavo el ha'aretz, when you come into the land, unatatem kol eitz machol, and now you're going to be planting kol eitz machol. How do you translate kol eitz machol? Do you say you're going to plant Call eights, all kinds of trees, machol, that have fruit, or you're going to say call all manner of eights, machol, trees for food. So, um, the Mepharshim talk about that, but the Degel's going to pick up on that expression, call eights, machol. You could have said, unatatem, eights, machol. It could have meant that the species of fruit trees, or the, the genus of species, Fruit trees would be enough. Why is the ad- added word call? The term orloso. Now I don't want to translate orla, but you have to do, it's a verb, va'araltem orloso. So JPS says you shall count the fruit therefore as forbidden. The word orla actually etymologically means blockage. I was very surprised when I read that. Something that is closed up. And if I refer you to the Ramban, who compares that to the closing up of the male member by the Orla, which then is revealed. And I've said before that um, the Orla, Kabbalistically, was the skin of the snake, the Chivya in, in the Zoya. And it covered up the shame of the nakedness of Adam. And then Abraham came and was told to circumcise 
his orla, meaning he had no longer to experience that shame since he had brought the notion of divine obedience back into the world so he could now circumcise that same skin, that snake skin, that orla, to reveal the corona, to reveal the atara. So this idea of blockage, the idea of that which is forbidden comes up here. And then the next three lines that he's going to work on. Same word. For three years, those trees shall be arel. You know, when you want to, uh, when the Gemara wants to um, criticize in a very denigrating way uh, a Gentile, he'll say that oral, meaning that foreskin. He'll call him an uncircumcised, unwashed Oral, these are uncircumcised, but you shall be arelim, they shall be forbidden to you, lo ye ochel. So that fruit for the first three years cannot be eaten. Ubashana horavis, and on the fourth year, kol pirio kodesh hilulim lashem, then on the fourth year the fruit shall be kodesh, holy, hilulim lashem, halel, very en- enigmatic word, hilulim, shall begin to give praise to the Lord, is what it's translated. Last pasuk, ubashono hachamishit, and on the fifth year, tochlu period. now you can finally eat its fruit, lehosif lachem tvuoso, and by doing all this, holding back, holding back, holding back, you can add to its produce, ani Adonai Elohechem. Almost to say that you're going to plant a tree, and apparently this is an agricultural truth, that leaving the land fallow or the trees apparently is good in order not to rape it from day one, but to wait. Fine. Okay. Now comes the Daigle and launches into uh, his exposition of the mitzvah of Orla. He associates the tree with a human being. Adam eats hasadeh. We know that when you find a corpse hanging from a tree, and the Torah in Tevorim, he says, uh, you shall take him down because uh, man is in the image of God and a man is like a fruit tree. So he associates the human being with the tree of the fruit, and that's how he's going to start. So we're not now talking about fruit trees. We're talking about a human being. So what are the stages of three years, nothing, fourth year, Kodesh, and the fifth year, you can take the fruit? How does that apply to the spiritual process of man? Kiadua Eretz Yisrael, oh, Kitavoa El Haaretz. Okay, so first of all, what is Eretz? Eretz Yisrael, who Shoresh Klalot Neshamas Yisrael. The first thing he wants you to know is that when I'm talking about Eretz, I'm not talking about a physical, geographical land necessarily. I'm not only talking about Eretz Yisrael. I'm also talking about, the Sefer Yitzhirah says that everything in Torah can be in three dimensions, Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. Olam is Eretz Yisrael. Shana would be the time period that you're fluxing through. And Nefesh, applied to Eretz Yisrael, applies to all 
the neshamot of Yisrael. V'zehu ki tavo el ha'aretz, unatatem kol eitz ma'achal. So that's what it means when you come to the land, meaning you're coming to this place of the collectivity of the ecclesia, of the Church of Israel, of Kalal Yisrael, Unatatem kol eitz machol. Now let's look at that eitz. What does the eitz represent? It should not have to need to say kol eitz machol. It's redundant. It could have just said, and you plant fruit trees. Loma li teva kol. What do I need that word kol? Ach deharemes. Now we're talking about four levels of interpretation. He started off with the pshat. I have a problem with the pshat. He's now going to go to the remes which is the implication, Alpi, uh, using, so, bringing something else to bear, whether it's a mystical idea, it's a hint that the, the word is hinting to us, the redundancy is hinting to us something. Alderech de Isa Bezoya, oh, the remes he's going to get from the Sod, from the secrets of Torah in the Zohar. And this is a very difficult passage in the Zohar. Sha'al Rabbi Elazar le Rabbi Shimon. Elazar asks his daddy, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Mahu eats hadas tov What is the tree of knowledge of good and evil? So do you see how we've now moved from the pshat? We thought we were in remez, and he's already diving into the mystical idea of a tree. He started off by saying the remez is that it's all the Klal Yisrael, the neshamas of Klal Yisrael, and now he's going to bring to bear on what's going on with those neshamas, those eights, by bringing us this enigmatic dialogue between Elazar and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that took place most likely in the cave. What is the eights hadas tovarah? Give me the secret, Dad. It can't just be merely forbidden fruit. Amale, domi mara masna bulamalam, the domi mara masna bulamata. He quotes. From uh, Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel, there was the vision. What is the, the vision that Ezekiel sees? Well, the first chapter of Ezekiel, the throne vision, verse 21. So I see this lightning type of, of vision. Like the appearance of fire. Surrounding the throne. And on the throne, I see Adam, the appearance of a man. Now, I see a split in the throne image of this man. Umimare Masnav, the appearance from his loins upwards. Umimare Masnavulamata, and from his appearance of his loins downward. Raiti Kamare Eshid was all on fire. The Noga Losoviv. And there was a noga, a brightness around him. Now, noga in Kabbalah isn't just brightness. There is the world of Kedusha. And then there's the world of Tumah. The world is very split. And then there is this kind of uh, in-between, neutral, can go either way, that's called noga. Noga is the moon. Noga means... Um, this brightness, but it's not bright enough to be spiritual and it's not dark enough to be. So it can go either way. In fact, the whole of the Sefer Tanya is about how to sanctify that Noga space. So this is the throne image that is brought from Ezekiel. And Rabbi Lazar tells his son, 
that I'll tell you what the Eitz Hadas is. The Eitz Hadas is the very appearance of that supernal man, the image of us, right? The archetypal image of human beings in its collective that Ezekiel saw on the throne. That was the throne image. It was a kind of intermediate between divine and human. It looked like human, but it was divine. It was full of fire. It wasn't real. It was an image. It was a mirage. And let me tell you about the Eitz Hadas Tovarah. Because I would have expected that image to be the Eitz Hachaim. That's the giver of life. And so when Rabbi Laza asks his dad, Dad, what is this tree of knowledge of good and evil? What is the split between good and evil in the tree? Why is the tree split, schizoid, between good and evil? He's not telling you anything about moral. <laughs> this isn't about moralism. This is about mysticism. It's about what is and what it has to be and what's the setup of this whole world. And he tells him the secret. He tells him that this world is split between good and evil because of that tree that we obviously ate from. And let me tell you what it is anatomically. It is split in a hierarchical fashion. And if I could see the throne and I could see the Mare Adam, then it's split between the loins up and the loins down. That's what he's telling him, the, the tree of life. Almost like the tree hierarchically representing all the neshamas of Kal Yisrael, and now the Mare Adam, this intermediate Ben Adam, this divine figure that seeps into the late uh, Old Testament and the Intertestament and becomes the Ben Adam, the divine son in the New Testament, this concept of the divine son, that is split into two. The Zehu. Now the Daigle goes back with this mystical insight about the eight ain't really the eight, and the eight isn't just the human being. Now he's going to go back and reinterpret it with this understanding of the Zohar, this deep understanding of the nature of reality, of our being contaminated, that every tree is no longer the eight Hachaim, but really is the eight Hadas Tovarah. Look what he does with it. Zerubanatatem kol eitz machal. Going back to that verse, and you shall plant kol eitz machal. Now that kol can no longer be redundant. I'm going to explain it to you, he says. Hainu, sheyye kol ha eitz kulo maachal. That all of it, the good and the bad and the ugly, the warts and all, above the loins and below the loins. The spiritual and the physical. Kulo machal should be for spiritual consumption, meaning I have to make use of it. I cannot split. I can't retreat into the spirituality of above the loins. Shelo boshum raklal. In order that there should no longer eventually, at the end of time, the tikkun will have taken place, and there will be no further evil. There will be no further split between the Eitz Hadas Tov and the Ra. Hainu, Eva, Valim, the Klipin, delay, the tree, the part of the tree that is not edible, the bark, the leaves, the branches, Kulo, Yehon, Chazien, Lamecho, they'll all be fit to eat. Bechinas Eitz Hachaim. Now, we had a medrash, actually, and the medrash talked about the tree. And it said in the beginning of creation, Vayom Elohim, Tadshei Ha'oretz Desher. 
Let the grass bring forth grass. Asef Masriya Zera. Let the herbs bring forth seed. Now the next word, eight pri, ose pri lamino. The fruit tree bearing fruit after its kind. Asher zarobo aloretz. That was the command. Now listen to what took place. Yep, did what it was told. Asef Mazria Zera. Yep, did what it's told. The eights Osepri. The eights produced fruit. That's not what it was told to do. It was told to do Aitspri Osepri. Instead it says Aits Osepri. Rashi says God wanted God wanted the whole entire tree to taste like the fruit. But the earth, the earth rebelled and said no. Because it says, it produced a, a tree, tasteless, then producing fruit that was making fruit. And then Rashi, quoting Genesis, Rabbi says, when it was time to curse man because of his sin, she was also remembered in the sentencing guidelines because of her sin in rebelling against God's directive about the trees, and she was cursed as well because she complained, what do you want with me? I didn't eat from the fruit. And God in Breshit Rabbah said, well, let me remind you of what you did. So she, the ground was cursed because of Adam's sin. No, because she also had disobeyed the decree. So when the Daigle says, and call eights, it means there'll be a time that the Natatem call eights, there'll be a time in the future through what I'm about to tell you how to do it, in which the avim and alim and klipin delay, that the bark and the branch and the tree of it, the fruit tree, kule yehon chazien lemechal, they'll all be fit to eat. Meaning that the ra, or the, the consequence of ra, will have been finally resolved through the work of this spiritual process. Now he moves from the tree and moves from the man, and the split in man between good and evil, and says, Wow, what does that mean? The pollution that has infected the world, and that has split man to loins up and loins down, is also affecting Torah. Ha-Torah so how do I go from the Torah of Eitz Hadas Torah, because the Torah is dragged down into that splitting, back to a Torah of Chaim? And clearly, for the Degel, it has to do with the splitting within man, who is a living Torah, or needs to be, this splitting between the good in him and the bad in him. If I would have said that the Degel lived after C.G. Jung, I would have had no problem with this. But he writes this 200 years before Jung. So that now he tells you the three psukim and the three directives of three years Arel, one year Kodesh Lashem, and then the fifth year for yourself. 
And he's going to split this into the three stages of this tikkun. So what does it mean to be an oral, uncircumcised? He says, I'm going to bring you a Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis that everybody knows by heart. Don't start learning Torah. This is the ethics of the father. The ethics of the father that says, you know, you could be a big Talmud Chochem, but we need Pirkei Ovis which is the equivalent of don't be a nivel birshus halacha. You could be a huge talmachachem and be a nivel. You could be a, a degenerate. So the pirkei avos comes to kind of fill in the gap that this isn't just a legalism, this Torah. You can't break it down into a halachism and think away that you've gotten away with Torah. You're a Torah Jew because you're halachically fine. Bishvil Shayikraini Rebbe. I'm doing this, I'm steiging so that they can call me call me a Talmachacham, call me Rebbe. Oh Ashanesh Ehye Zakain Vyoshe Bi Yeshiva. It's Pirkyovas. I'm telling you second century, not Musa. Or let me study hard so that I can be one of the elders that sits in the Mizrach seat in the Yeshiva. Oh Ashane Bishvil this, this, this and this. Bizehu Shaloshanim Hainu. These three years in which you are Learning, steiging, right? Osun shalosh limudim, hainun yielochem arelim. You shall be arel. They shall be forbidden to you in the sense that you shall take anything out of them of personal reward. Hainu shelo yavolochem mizer sheyilmod l'shem inyanim. You are learning in these three years how to be completely disinterested. I am studying these sacred texts not for my sake. Now it comes to the fourth year, Now he's going to say, what is this word, Hilulim? In this fourth year, okay, the fruits of that tree, the fruits of my labor, all the steiging that I did, and learning how to do it without self-interest on that fourth year shall become Kodesh. Hilulim Lashem. Praising God. No, no, no. Hilulim means Hilula. What's a Hilula by the Sephardim? Yortzeit. Yortzeit. What's that got to do with this? Kamo Hilula de Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Like the Hilula of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. What is the Hilula of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? If you look at the end of the Zohar, on the day he died, and all the Talmudim are wailing and wailing. He's happy. He's happy because, if I could quote very quickly, he says, finally, there will be a Yichud. There will be a Yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the Shekhinah, since the whole purpose of the Zohar is to teach the, the split in the divine between God and this world, or God and the Shechina, which is this world, or God and the Shechina and Klal Yisrael, which is this world, his dying adds to the Shechina's glory, and therefore it causes a Yichud. So that's why, by Sephardim, a Yorzeit is a happy occasion, they party, they take out a mangal, they go out and do barbecues. By, by Ashkenazim, we sit in Tzachachen, Tzabrochen, Tzachagad, about the deceased, and we sit and learn Mishnayas, and we fast all day. The Svadim got it from this Zoya, in which the um, 
The Hilula of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai is the Lashon of Yichud, that is, and now he brings that back from the Zohar to his thesis, that his is a, a Yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his Shechina, meaning my learning, my learning Torah, which is Shechina, which is split from God because of the split in the loins, above loins below. The Torah itself is contaminated by self-interest. In the fourth year, having spent three years working on myself, how to study, how to live without my ego inflation, without ulterior motive. On the fourth year, it comes to this Hilula. It becomes a kind of celebration of the Yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina through me, through my study of her, through the study of Torah. HaChamishit Then, Hainu Sheyelech Mimadrega Madrega. You've gone from these steps and now comes the dazzling end point of it all because I thought, okay, that was the, you know, very nice, very cute. And he, son, he does this million times elsewhere. No. Ubashona ha-chamishit hainu sheyelech mi madrega la madrega she-achakach, this fifth level, fifth year, yizkeh, if you do this path, you will merit al-yedei ha-limud she-batchila nikra'et Torah Hashem. In the beginning it started out, there's me, there's my split personality between Below the loins, that's ego. Above the loins, desiring to become egoless. Then coming the fourth year, celebrating that fact that the Torah is Eitzachayim. What have I done to this Eitzachayim? By taking out the ego, I've taken out the Ra. Now there's a fusion of the Eitzachayim, Shechina with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in the fifth year, it shall be for you as a produce. The Mepharshim say, oh, you'll have much better produce because you did this ritual of Orla. What will happen? It will, in the beginning, it was called Torah's Hashem. Va'achakach nikreit Torah-so. It becomes your Torah. You become identified with it. It belongs to you. It represents your spiritual biography. It represents your struggle through your life, through your ups and downs. It represents the end of your spiritual path. The nadir of your spiritual path is that the Torah, which is the Eitzachayim, becomes your Torah, becomes your Eitzachayim. You become the Eitzachayim of Torah because you've moved from the Eitzhadas Tovra, which is the split human being, and you have individuated yourself, to quote Jung, to become a beacon of light. The Posuk says, And understand this well. Which brings me back to the concept of what was that Orla? What was the snake skin that covered the corona, that prevented me from seeing this from the beginning? Well, it was exactly that. The corona is at the level of the Mosnov, of the loins. When Rabbi Shimon Bayechai in the Zohar says, I'll tell you what the Eitz Hadas is, sonny boy. It's from that first vision in Ezekiel. And when I saw him up there, I saw him split the fire above the loins and the fire below. That is a mirror of us. And therefore, the notion of the Eitz Hadas by definition, is the notion 
of the orla of the chivya that splits the upper and lower. And the Eitzachayim is the individuation of the lower into the upper through the disinterested study of oneself mirrored in spirituality, which I think is what he means by the word Torah. Thank you. Have a wonderful week, everybody.